pot of gold. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt. Let's get rambling. I could really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the matches, they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly, I'm still fly, I know. I'm still fly, I'm still fly, let's go. It could all be worse, I could be a hater like you. It could all be make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you. Now say it with your chest I'm now. young, I'm free Can't nobody take me here and now It's my time to run it out It's my time, it's my time It's my time to run it out I'm young, I'm free Can't nobody take me It is Tuesday, February 16th, the year of our Lord, 2021. There's a lot going on right now. The world's crazy. You know, things are things are pretty intense. I don't know what's going on in your world, but my world is bizarre right now. My house is torn apart. You know, my kids are in and out of school. Things are crazy like that. It's hard to keep up, you know. Are they in school? Are they not? Are they working a full-time job now? Who knows? Who knows? It's... You know, it's 10 a.m. Do you know where your kids are? I don't. You know, I hope somebody's taking good care of them somewhere. Shout out my children. (sighs) Yeah, right? It's been crazy. So I was out here working on uh, the podcast just this weekend. I believe it would have been Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. That was the day. And I I got the headphones on and the monitor and everything so I can hear pretty well. It's actually like I have a hearing aid almost. So all of a sudden I hear this crash, big crash in the front yard. And I hear my dog Daisy just barking, bark, 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 bark. And you know, she barks a lot. She's as bitches will. That's their job. They're here to guard the house. And that's, that's what she's going to do. It doesn't really concern me for the most part. But this time it sounded like a confused bark. Like what, you know, what the hell's going on? Uh, that kind of a bark. And, you know, you get to know your dogs. I've had Daisy for, wow, going on nine years, I think. Got her in May of 2012. So let's see, what is that? This is 2021. Yeah, damn, nine years. Ooh. I'm going to adjust that mic a little bit. I was a little cold. There we go, that's a little hot. Does that sound good? Oh, yeah, we hitting. We hitting. Okay. Anyway, so I hear this bark, and it's it's not your normal bark. It's a terrified bark. And so I put out, you know, what are you going to do in that situation, right? You're going to do your job. Her job is to protect the house, the home, and the family. My job is to make sure when she sounds the alarm, I'm investigating, you know? So I'm, I'm checking if there's a threat. Could be anything. Who knows? Maybe there's a burglar. Maybe I got to pull out the Glock. 
I go running. I put the headphones off. I go running towards the front yard. Just in time, as I'm rounding the corner, to hear another crash and see this big old branch fall off the oak tree in our front yard. Not even fall, but just like bend and snap. It didn't even come disconnected. And I realized pretty quickly what was going on. It's because it was windy. Just wind just blowing like crazy. Blustery as can be. And I realized, oh my God, that tree is covered in ice. We had us a legitimate ice storm. So I'm I'm out there. I'm looking at the tree. I'm, I pull up a branch and there's literally an inch thick layer of ice over every branch of this tree. That's a lot of extra weight. A lot of extra weight. Water's heavy. If I'm not mistaken, it's, you know, you know, right around 6.7 pounds per gallon. That could be wrong. 7.3 pounds? I don't know. Somebody look that up. Actually, all of you look that up. Google it. You should know that. All right. I'm just feeling a little off today. If I'm being honest, I'm feeling a little off today. You know, putting up with ice storms, anal gland expressions. Not my own, mind you. My dog, old Daisy again. I, you know, it's starting to feel like this might be a Daisy-themed episode. And that, and you know, it's it's about damn time, really. It's about time. Because that girl, you know, she has been with me from, from the jump. That's what I call May of 2012, the jump. Daisy's been with me from the jump. And she's a good girl. She's loyal. Not to me, mind you. But um, she's loyal to my family. Something about our relationship has been strained lately, and I'm not sure what it is. You know, I she she chooses others over me almost every opportunity she gets, and she does it with kind of this like smug, like "Nah, go fuck yourself" attitude. And I just, you know, it hurts. It hurts a little. I bought her a lot of bags of dog food, a lot of bags, hundreds probably. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math. I'm on a podcast right now. I'm busy. You do the math. Goddamn, audience. Okay. So today I took Daisy to get her anal glands expressed. For you, for those of you who don't know, that's where somebody takes and they uh, they push in a specific certain type of way on this uh, this little button in the in the bee hole out in the behind, out in that back door. And when they push on this button in that certain way, a little splooge of some gross stuff comes out. Now, this is something that most people probably don't do themselves. I don't do it. My brother does it. He seems to enjoy it. I don't know what that's about. He'll do it for you. If you get a hold of Jake, you know, and if you got some anal glands need expressing, he'll express that shit for you. So get a hold of him. I'll get, I mean, I'll put his number up on Twitter or uh, on, on Facebook. Go check the Twitter page. It's uh, at ramble river pod uh or you know i I could put that number up on instagram as well uh that would be under ramble by the river and yeah so just i mean hit up my brother if you have a dog or a cat or you know whatever even yourself if if you need to have your anal glands expressed he'll put a little squeeze on you just give him a call anyway he was busy he's got a job so today i had to take her down to the veterinary office that's in seaview and Oceanside Animal Clinic shout out. That place, we'll talk about a, a well-oiled machine. I pull up, I see a cone with a number on it in a parking space. I park there. I get out. I walk to a small window, tap, tap, tap. 
somebody comes up to the window, they ask me what parking space I'm at. They say, okay, parking space six. We will send somebody out to greet you. I get back in the truck. I mean, within like 30 seconds, I'm talking open Instagram, get ready for a scroll, doesn't even make it. Like I'm hearing a tap on my window. And she's like, hey, we need that dog. So uh, we... we get Daisy out of the truck. She doesn't want to go with her because she's a stranger. Daisy's well-trained. I walk her up to the door. I send her in. I'm expecting an hour, two hours. Wait, you know? Not even close. I mean, before I even get comfortable in my seat, before the windows even fog up, I don't know if this happens to you, but if I'm sitting in a vehicle without it running, windows windows up, I, I'm fogging them bitches up within a half hour, probably within 20 minutes. Um, I'm talking full fog to where you bump up against that window. You're going to have a wet shoulder. Your shirt will be, will be damp. I'm, I'm a humid man. That's not human. I'm a human man also, but I'm really a humid man. I like to be, uh, I like to keep it damp. You know, I don't want to dry out, be cracking, get the cracked corners of my lips and stuff. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I don't like that. So I, I keep it moist. You know, I keep it humid. I always hear women say they don't like the word moist, which I find ironic because they like the experience. It's weird. However, I'm sitting in this dry truck. My breath has not fogged up the glass because I've just got back in here. And then before I know it, Daisy comes marching her lighter ass out the door and and she's ready to get back in the truck. Anal glands fully expressed. Uh, The vet said, yeah, this, I mean, this bitch, she was full. Uh, that's, I mean, in, in other, I mean, she didn't say it in those words, but that was, and her expression on her face, she was, I mean, you know what I mean. She was like, hey, yeah, this bitch, she needed to be expressed. Get this, we need to put the squeeze on her. So, yeah, so I, I get her back in the truck and she's just a happy dog. She's a happy girl. Where, uh, I, w- I should get back to the first story. So this is just to tell you, like, it's this part of the podcast is really more of a public service announcement. That's where somebody gets on some kind of a, you know, a platform and they say, "Hey everybody, this is a problem that you are probably dealing with the wrong way." You know? Like, "Hey, don't let your kids drink. Hey, quit choking people when they're having sex. It's not appropriate." Like PSAs, things that just when the public's got an idea about something and they're wrong. That's a public that's a public service announcement. It's a public service to tell everybody, hey, you're fucking up. Let's get it together, guys. Tighten up. Tighten up. And one of those issues here is is a is about canine anal glands. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. What happened? I don't know. But something needs to change. Come on, social justice warriors. Where have you been? These bitches is suffering. Get those anal glands expressed. And do it quick. All right, moving on. So this tree, both trees. I have these two old oak trees in my front yard. Beautiful. Every year they rain down acorns. The blue jays go fucking nuts. We got like 50 blue jays in our house, at our in our front yard every morning. It's It's unbelievable, these trees. They got a lot of branches, a lot of small branches. Each one of those small branches was carrying just massive amounts of water, more than it could carry. 
On top of that extra load, we had this tree, these trees. It was, it was 30 degrees out, maybe less, with a wicked wind just pushing. I believe Sawyer said it was called an easterly. Something to do with the resurrection of Christ. I don't know. But so this, this resurrection of Christ easterly wind is pushing on these frozen-ass trees covered with thick layers of ice. What happens to things when they get frozen? We talk in brittle. And so then, snap! It can't take the weight. It just breaks. I was watching a television show one time. Uh, it was about a mountain man. He was living out in the forest. And he needed to chop some wood. But it was in a frozen time. One of the frozen times. So he's, uh, you know, he's an innovator. He's not going to just go, you know, cut the wood with a saw. He's like, you know, this wood's frozen. I might as well just bash it up with a hammer. So he takes a sledgehammer. Or it might have just been a splitting, a splitting maul flipped over backwards. So he takes it either way. He takes it and he just smashes the wood sideways and he's just breaking these big old pieces of wood in half. And that's how he's chopping the wood. And that goes to show you that wood gets brittle when it gets frozen, you know? You just smash it. Mother Nature can do the same thing. So I, uh, yeah, I decided to go, uh, I, you know, I, was, I had to go, if I'm thinking about it, I was going on a materials run. I was going off to Home Depot to get some, uh, what was I getting? It doesn't really matter. I was getting some stuff at Home Depot. I've been spending a lot of time there. And um, I noticed at my drive there, hundreds of these broken trees. Hundreds. Just broken. Laying there sideways, smashed up, branches in the road, ice everywhere. Big chunks of ice falling off the bridge. Um, the, like the superstructure of the bridge, the high part above your car. Big old pieces of ice just falling down and shattering on the road. We're not used to this. This is not the kind of weather we are used to experiencing at this time of year. Now, obviously, it's not unusual for it to get cold in February. This, these things happen. But the fact that it turned into an ice storm is just something that's quite unusual. And I don't really know what drives that. I was, I was talking about that with my daughter. What, what exactly determines if it's going to be a snowstorm, an ice storm, hailstorm? What, what is it? I don't know. Something about the variables. Like, let's say it's 32 de or 30 degrees. Let's say it's 30 degrees. We get a little bit of moisture in the air. What, what makes it turn into the snow versus turning into hail or what, what have you? Who knows? You know, scholars maintain that... No, I can't do it. I, I don't know. I just don't know. Oh, I think I'm thinking of a way I can make this into a metaphor for my life. Yeah, definitely. That tree... Okay, here we go, guys. Metaphor time. That oak tree is my life. It's your life, too. It started one single sprout. It was small. It's easy to contain. And then it, it grew. Little by little, it grew. became more complex. The roots grew deeper. It branched. It branched, it grew, it branched, it grew. Produce acorns, you know, yielded beautiful things in your life. At the end of last summer, I noticed that tree was getting a little bit long in the teeth. A little bushy, needed a little trim. So I was like, you know, Jeff, you need to prune your tree. B 
be a steward of this organism, you know? Treat it well. Take care of it. It needs a haircut. And then I was like, yeah, I'll do that for sure. But, I mean, obviously not now. I'm, I'm quite busy. And uh, so I didn't. And now I'm looking at this tree and all those same branches that I was going to prune neatly with a nice chainsaw and, you know, it would they'd fall gracefully to the ground where I could cut them up and make firewood or carve a pair of, you know, decorative salt shakers. Instead, it's a mangled pile of bullshit because I was lazy and I didn't prune the tree. And I think that can happen in our lives too if we decide not to prune our trees. Obviously, right now, to me, this metaphor is is referring to I'm taking on too much stuff. I'm spreading myself too thin. I've got too many branches. And sure, on a nice sunny day when the wind is calm and I got getting plenty of sunshine, which is what I need to survive as a tree, it's easy for me to support all these branches. Hell, even when I'm loaded with acorns, when I'm producing yields, when I'm bringing about benefits in my life and you know, all my blue jays are all out there just chirp chirping, pluck plucking those acorns off the ground and having a little blue jay party under the shade of my leaves. Even then, it doesn't feel so overwhelming because things are good. But then all it takes is one little ice storm, just one little 24-hour period of heavy precipitation in combination with very low temperatures, and then ba-blam, my branches are breaking off. No discussion, no no talk of, well, maybe we should get rid of this, or oh, maybe we push ourselves a little too hard here. Too late. Kablam, splash, crash, boom, you're done. Branch is gone. Mother Nature took care of that for you. Got rid of that decision, didn't she? Took it right off your plate. Do I keep the branch? Do I not keep the branch? Too late, bitch. Bam! It's done. Ice storm. Don't let an ice storm catch you off guard in your own life. You know, luckily, in this situation, it was just an actual ice storm, a literal ice storm, and not a figurative one that, you know, left me homeless or, you know, took off a leg or... A testicle. I don't want anything like that to catch me off guard. Something like that happening, like the old blindside catastrophe, the fear of that keeps me on my toes. Gives me a nice, even level of anxiety pretty much all the time. I don't want to get caught sleeping. So I don't sleep. You know, but I think it's going to be okay. Because even though that tree is in hurt and shape right now, it's going to be fine. The branches are going to heal. Even the ones that fell, like, you know when a branch like gets too heavy and breaks and it doesn't break all the way off, but it just kind of gets like folded and crunched and gross. And Amazingly, somehow those branches too are, are going to recover. And they're going to be fine. When you're growing, some plants actually like having a little bit of damage like that. You could take take a tomato plant, kind of when it's young, crush 
crush the stem in your fingers, like uh, not all the way through, but just give it a nice squish break point. And then the plant will heal in that spot and it'll build up a real hard, like thick stem. It's called super cropping. It's a good technique if you want a high yield in your tomato garden. Because what happens when there's a bigger stem, that repaired area, more xylem, more phloem, more nutrients getting transported from the ground to the fruit or, you know, the flower, whatever it is you're growing. Another instance where stress and damage leads to growth and improve yields. That's a theme we've started to notice on this show. We can look for those opportunities for, for stress to improve our life. Look for those opportunities for growth. Just like this tree. And yeah, I should have pruned the tree when I had the chance. I should, I still should probably. You know? But it's a pain in the ass. You gotta get the big ladder. You gotta borrow the ladder from somebody who has a ladder. And you know those guys are assholes. Just kidding, Colton. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. You gotta you gotta prioritize things that don't seem important at the time because you never know when that next ice storm is coming. You just don't know. Yeah, sometimes things just hit. Look at COVID. Look what happened with COVID. Everything was okay. Everything was fine. Everything was normal. You know. You were going out, you were having dinner at Chili's, you know, you were going to church, you were hugging grandmas, and then suddenly all of those things went away. Just in a moment, just poof. No more Chili's. So, you know, cherish what you got. Cherish what you got and take good care of it and, you know, prune your goddamn trees. It's been a, It's been an interesting week, you know. I'm loving I'm loving the the responses we're getting on these episodes. It's it's been really fun. The Hannah Bolden episode was a massive success. Hannah's great. <clears throat> and if you listened to that episode, you know that already. Uh big news, we had our first entry into the suggestion box. So here we go. We're going to start this new segment. This is the, the first time. So here we go. Suggestion box. We got a suggestion from a listener and he wanted to know more about Foucault. I think it's called Foucault. Andrew Lapidus, at Barefoot Pedis, said, Ramble River Pod, my request. Please bring Colton back on to explain Foucault. Very fresh analysis. You know, that's just beautiful, man. We had somebody who knows some stuff about some stuff come on the show, express himself in a clear, concise way, and it, and, you know, it hit, it landed, it connected with somebody across the planet. It's amazing. You know, obviously, we're going to have Colton come back on and talk about that because I, I just, I don't really think there's anyone who understands it better. So when that, when his schedule opens up, we will look into that. But until then, you know, just, you know, read a book, Andrew, do some work for yourself, for fuck's sake. Um, I'm sorry about that. I don't know why I said that. I'm feeling a little bit hot today. A little, little wound up. I don't know. Maybe it's because 
I don't know. It's just rough. You know, it's rough out there. I'm cold. Honestly, I'm just a little chilly. My hands have been cold for weeks. Ugh. It's tough doing a home renovation in the wintertime. You know? So, uh, yeah. So, a kind of weird thing is going on right now that I don't really know what to do about. And I think I'll just talk about it on here because I can kind of get my thoughts organized. I had a person reach out to me just a couple of days ago and offer, I don't know if it's an offer or a request, but they they want to come on the show and talk about some some shit that's going on in their workplace that is a legal problem. And I don't really know how I feel about that. I do know how I feel about it. I'm nervous. This is supposed to be fun. I want the show to be fun and uplifting and, and good. I want it, And I'm not trying to ignore the bad in the world. I'm not a Pollyanna. Uh, I don't think that the world is perfect and that there isn't dark shit going on. I know there is. That's why I want to keep it happy and light. You know? I want to keep it fun. I want it to be something that brings joy to people despite the darkness in the world. I just don't know if I'm really a hard-hitting journalist. I mean, I, I know I'm not. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know if it's my responsibility to the truth to try to get to the bottom of it or, or if I should just say, no, I don't really want to do that. It doesn't sound fun. But So I, occur, apparently there's an investigation going on right now at a certain place. And people who work there would like to have the public know what's going on. I just don't think that's my place. I don't know. As much as I like to kind of be a, a bad boy, I don't want to cause problems for anybody. Even people who are like, especially not, people who are like in a position of authority, whose jobs are very difficult and you have to try to please multiple people and, you know, still keep things going. You still have to maintain order. It's hard. It's really hard. I'm not the type of person who's ready to just jump down somebody's throat for making a mistake. And I don't know what's going on in this situation. I don't know if that's what's happening, but she she's talking about a cover-up, and that just sounds messy. It really does. I don't know if I want any part of that. Oh, I, 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 hope, I hope the best for justice, but I, I think I'm going to tell her no. It's not my style. I just don't think it's my place. This is not 2020. I'm not Barbara Walters as much as I wish I was. Yeah. I don't know. What do you what is my like what is my relationship with the audience? Do I do I have a responsibility as a as a platform to let people speak when they need to be heard? I think yes. I think yes I do. But I don't know what where that where to draw the line as far as like the content. And it's just tough, you know. So if you caught the episode last week, the solo episode last week, you heard me mention my dad and that he had canceled on me to do a podcast. Which is really fine, because I was overbooked. I've got more than enough interviews ready to go, so it's okay. I was completely joking when I was acting like I was upset. 
I understand how it is. Grocery shopping can be tough. Now, there I go again, making light of the situation. So, if you heard the joke, basically, I was acting as if I was really hurt because he told me that he couldn't do the podcast because, you know, he was going to grow grocery, he was going to go grocery shopping and that it was probably going to wear him out and he needed to go home and rest after. And you know what? I actually got it. I understood and I wasn't offended or hurt, but it did sound ridiculous to most people. So I made fun of him and I didn't feel too bad about it. So the next morning, I get a message from my sister who says, Hey, dad had another accident last night and he could use your help if you know if you're around. So I guess what happened, um, my dad, I, I should say before that, my dad is a sleepwalker. Sleepwalker, sleep talker, and most of the time his dreams are quite negative. He's either running from something or he's, you know, trying to escape or something's missing and he's trying to find it. They're anxiety dreams. He has very high anxiety dreams. And he gets up and acts them out. So he uh I I eventually called him and said, Hey Dad, what happened? Apparently, he had been up rummaging through his things like all night. He does this thing where he's like semi-asleep, semi-conscious, and he just kind of wanders around. He has sleep apnea, and if he's not wearing his mask, he gets in this weird state where he's like half awake, and he's but his dreams are affecting his behavior in real life. So he'll think he's looking for something, and he'll just like tear his room apart. Or, uh, yeah, in this, in this particular instance, he, for some reason, decided to go outside. And I don't know if you remember, but I was talking about there's been some ice storms lately. And it's not great for, you know, an unhealthy man to venture outside in his underwear at 3 a.m. asleep. And that's what he did. So he went outside, fell down off the porch, and landed on the paved, like the pavers um, by his garden type thing, you know. Um, figured that was a nice place for a snooze, so he decided to just stay. And he woke up an unknown amount of time later because he was asleep. So, you know, time gets a little foggy. He woke up all cold, basically, a couple hours later and didn't know how he had got outside. And he went back in the house and saw that everything was all disheveled and moved around. And he realized what had happened is he had been sleepwalking. Um, so, uh, yeah, I called him. I, I was just talking to him and he's telling me about it and... He had not heard the podcast where I kind of made fun of him for saying that he'd be too tired after grocery shopping. He'll be too tired to do a podcast. So um, this was particularly funny when he told me that it was it was the grocery shopping that really pushed him over the edge. <laughs> yeah, it was just a coincidence that, um, you know, it can be hard. It can be hard. He does have bad knees, so just walking around is, is tough for him. He doesn't use a cane. I'm not sure why. That must be an ego thing. I don't I don't get that. If his knees hurt so fucking bad, why does he need a cane? Um, I don't know. But he doesn't. And so grocery shopping is a feat of strength and endurance. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought I would share that. Be careful what you what you make fun of. <laughs> it was... Yeah, it's, you just never know what's going to happen. He He's fine, by the way. 
um, he'll he, he'll be fine. He's that guy is like a junkyard dog. Can't hurt him. I mean, he's in pain all the time, but can't can't nothing sticks. It's weird to see your parents age, get older, and start to fall apart. I don't know, maybe not all of them fall apart. Nah, we all do eventually. It's just, it's a weird experience to watch them get old. It's, it's sad. You know, you see them as this untouchable force when you're young. Uh, everything they say is right. Everything they do is right. They're, your dad's the strongest man in the world and your mom's the prettiest. She makes the best cookies. And then as you age, you start to realize there's some holes in that theory and you just eventually figure out they're just normal people. They're just regular-ass folk like you and me. And they make mistakes and they have faults and just everything the same as everybody else. I think that's a pretty important part of growing up. It's coming to the realization that your parents are wrong. It doesn't really make a difference to how much they affect you, though. I think that's got to just be ingrained. Even no matter what, your parents' opinion of you matters. Everybody's opinion of you matters to some extent. You, you have no control over that, but your parents, that's a big one. Even when I'm furious with my parents or I, I think they're completely wrong about something... Their opinion matters so much. Yeah, like starting this podcast. Both of my parents were pretty supportive. And if they weren't, it would have been harder. I, it's, it matters. People, it matters what people think. I have a friend tell me a story the other day about how his dad had affected him. And I thought, and as he's telling me the story, the moral that he was trying to show me was really not the moral of the story that I got from it. My buddy was talking about, we, we were talking about God, basically. Christianity, religion, all that stuff. Which is something I end up talking about a lot because I think it's really complicated. I grew up as, as a Christian. I still consider myself a Christian, albeit one with very specific and different views about a few things. But I, yeah, I do. I still consider myself a Christian. and But I'm not offended by people who aren't. I'm also not trying to convince you to be a Christian. I'm not an evangelist. That's not. That's just not my place. I, I think that there is people who are led to do that and who God calls to spread the gospel, spread the word, and it's not me. I'm, I'm here to try to make sense of things. I'm not here to try to convince everybody that I'm right and they're wrong. I just, that's just not my style. I just, want to, I just want to figure shit out the best way possible, and I really think that we're not done with that yet. That's something I struggle with a lot with church, really. it's Pastors seem to think that it's done, it's figured out, and I just think they're wrong. It's just not as simple as, oh, it's in the Bible, the Gospels are here, you know, Christ died, he's coming back. All that stuff is great, and and I think it's true, and it, it brings me solace, but I don't think it's the only thing. I just, it's too egocentric. It's too sociocentric. It, it, it 
it ignores counter evidence. It ignores alternative experiences. It's just not big enough to encompass all of humanity to me. I mean, it, it, it would be, but it, it, it doesn't the way it's currently expressed. Yeah, I just... The one God thing, monotheism, the one God thing does not bother me. I don't think it's that important because I think that one God and many gods can exist simultaneously in kind of a quantum way. Kind of the way... So in Christianity, we have the Trinity, which is three gods in one. There's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Those are all three different entities distinct from each other. But also, they're all just referred to as God, collectively as God. So they're, they're all in one. I see no reason to think that there couldn't be many, many more gods all packed in. It's just, I just don't have enough evidence to say that there isn't. Plus, I don't know where to draw the lines. Where's the line between Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and God? Where are those lines? They seem very foggy to me. Seems like if you really wanted to, you could split them up even to smaller units. Or bigger. It could just be one or two instead of three and one. It could be ten and one. Just maybe the Holy Spirit is, you know, instead of being whatever it is. I mean, that's a hard one right there. I don't even know how to define the Holy Spirit completely, but the relational part of, of God, which is, I think, Jesus Christ, what if he's also in charge of money and sea monsters, you know? Couldn't he be three different gods? I don't know. I'm not trying to be a heretic here. I'm not trying to blaspheme. I'm just trying to feel it out. And make sure I really truly believe what I believe. If you don't look for some kind of holes in your theory, what the fuck are you doing? If you don't look for ways that you could be wrong, are you really seeking truth? I don't think so. So if you're getting uncomfortable with me challenging some of your beliefs, some of the things that you would like to be dogma, unquestionable, then you need to re-examine yourself. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just trying to find out what's really what. And the best part about that is that we're not going to do that. We're not going to know. We will never know. So all we can do is talk about possibilities. And that's fine. Not only is it fine, it's good. I think it's great, actually. That's what I want to do all the time. So, my friend had been at a summer camp, a Christian-themed summer camp. And in that time there, he had been connecting with the feeling of, of being part of a group and loving God and just feeling like he really was in it. If you've been part of a group like that or, or let yourself kind of feel those feelings, you'll know, you know it feels great. You feel like you finally found your place or it's just a feeling of belonging and it's a really good one you can get it a lot of different ways and 
Church is definitely one of them, especially if music is involved. So this friend came home from camp, just on fire for Christ, you know, riled up, ready to ready to spread the word. And he was playing guitar, and he had been playing guitar with his um, friends he made at camp, and had been really enjoying himself. And he so he comes home excited. He tells his dad that he wants to be a Christian rock star. So, one caveat here is that there's not a lot of good Christian rock stars. I, I will say that. I, I don't know what it is, if it's just something in me that blocks me from listening or from liking them, or if it is actually because most of them suck. I don't know. But I have a hard time with them. They all they all use that voice that's like half a whisper, half a yell. And it just sucks. It's just shit music. And that's not a judgment on religion. So, yeah. He probably dodged a bullet, let's be honest. I Fucking Christian rock sucks. Musically. It's like a Brian Adams voice that also sucks. I don't care about the 69, summer, whatever, all that. I just, can't you just sing? Let it out. Let the voice out. Quit strangling your vocals. Okay, I'm digressing. I don't like Christian rock anyway, but I would have thought if my kid decided he wanted to be a Christian rock star, I'd be like, well, right on. You'll be the first good one. Let's uh, go for it, boy. Let's do it. What do you need? I'll help you. But that's not what happened for this guy. His dad was like, look, when you die, you go in the ground, and that's it. You're done. And then my friend was crushed. It really, really hurt him to hear that because it's not what he wanted to believe. It's not what he had just been told at this camp. And... I think it's irresponsible to tell that to a kid because we don't know what happens after you die. There's no information on it. So the fact that the fact is it's just as likely that that you don't just disappear and go underground. That that possibility is is completely likely. But so is the possibility that you go to heaven or hell. We have zero information. Not a single person on this planet knows what happens after you die. So there's really no reason to tell anybody what happens with 100% certainty. And that's uncomfortable, but it's the truth. We don't know. But this kid had the beginnings of an ideology going in his head. Whether it's true or not, that was where his mind was. And just this one comment from his dad completely scrapped that and built him this whole new framework to, to hold the lens that he sees the rest of his life through. And... The moral of the story was like, when he was telling me this, was like, yeah, look at these dipshits who think you, there's an afterlife. And luckily, my dad set me straight before I became a Christian rock star. Uh, but what I actually heard was, I was a little boy with passion and motivation, and my dad squashed it before I ever had a chance to see it, if it was going to go anywhere. And it's fine, because his life is wonderful, and it just seemed like a sad story to me. And it really made me think about what kind of influence parents have on their kids. My friend thought that the church had tricked him into believing something that they didn't really know to be true. He was telling me this story in a way to try to 
make it seem like he dodged a bullet, like he almost had believed something without evidence to support it. And he seemed to be almost blind to the fact that his dad did the exact same thing, it, it just in a less exciting way. Atheists have a boring-ass view of the world. I don't, I don't see how that's beneficial at all. It's a, it's a view of the world through the lens of complete materialism. Meaning, if it's not material, meaning you can't pick it up, meaning you can't measure it or weigh it or you know tell how hot it is or cold it is. If it doesn't have physical properties, it's not real. And it's not something that needs to be thought about or talked about. And I'm just so far from that 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 lifestyle and that that ideology seems ignorant to me because there's it's it's just all around us. It's so obvious that there's more. Just look at the electromagnetic spectrum. How much of that bitch can you see? Because I can only see a tiny little sliver of it, but we still know it's there. We can still measure X-rays. We can still measure other types of radiation that we cannot see or otherwise experience. And that's just the way it is, you know? It seems foolish to act like everything that exists is in front of us. It, it just seems arrogant. But, you know, I don't have control over other people. I do have control over myself. And I can choose to say things to my kids that don't stifle their hunt for the truth. I can choose to say things to my kids that don't make them feel like they're stupid for believing something that they can't confirm right away. Because it's not stupid. It's not stupid to believe in something that you might not be able to prove. That's how, that's how things change. That's how advancements are made. You believe something that other people think you're ridiculous for believing... And then you try to figure out how to see if it's true or not. And you do so with flexibility and, and grace. And you don't let it become your identity. You don't let it become who you are. It's just something you believe. Don't become your ideas. Because when you find out you're wrong, and you will, about something, you can just let it go. And you don't have to lose any of yourself. We are not our ideas. We are not our feelings. We are just us experiencing this world through these meat suits. And you can change the lens that you use to see everything with ideas. So pick ideas that help you. Pick ideas that are going to lead you to conclusions that are going to be happy. Let, just let, it, let your life be enjoyable. Don't worry so much about looking stupid. I look stupid all the time. I just told a story about shit in my pants on a, sh on a show that reaches dozens of people. So, I don't know. Let's just, let's just have fun, you know? We're here for such a short amount of time. Why do we got to bust each other's balls? Let's just let people believe what they want to believe and maybe even explore those ideas, especially when they're different than ours. That's the quickest way to make progress. Try to see where they're coming from figure out why it is that we are the same in the fact that we're both humans yet that guy over there can believe something completely different than what i believe it doesn't make him any less human 
Maybe I should try to figure out how he got there. It's a really useful skill. So I want to leave you guys today with this thought. Be careful with your words. Don't smother a spark of curiosity because they might be investigating something that you don't quite understand. Encourage them. Encourage people to make mistakes, especially your own kids. Encourage them to find the truth. And help them to remember that nobody knows jack shit, including you. Let's just work on figuring it out. And stop being so arrogant. Let yourself learn. We're going to get through it together, guys. I love you. Thank you for listening. Um, This week, we have Jake Nesbitt. The interview that is being talked about across the world. Nah. But it is being talked about in my house because it was really fun. And it's going to come out this Saturday. So mark your calendars. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram, Twitter. You know how it goes. I love you guys. Have a wonderful week. And I'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.